Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And we are thrilled to be joined today, not only by the Reverend Ben Wolpe, as always. Hello, Ben. Greetings. We are also joined by a real live actual transformer from the movies, Optimus Prime himself. Hello, Autobots. It's Phil Thompson, PhD. A man who's somewhat overqualified to be rewiring the sound desk at church. Or underqualified, depending on what the PhD is. Well, yeah. But they're impressive. They're all impressive, whatever they're in, I think, Phil. Phil, would you use your academic prowess to read for us, please, John 16? I I sure will. My voice is a little hoarse because I've been shouting into microphones to test levels uh, most of the morning, but I'll do my best here. John 16... 16 through 24. A little while and you will see me no longer, and again a little while and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, what is this that he says to us? A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father, so they were saying, what does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, Is this what you were asking yourselves, what I meant by saying, A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Thank you. I will never complain about a vestry or staff meeting again, because even when Jesus is holding a meeting, it seems they're having side conversations (laughs) amongst themselves. Just try not to be as ambiguous as Jesus, maybe. (laughs) Or maybe you should be trying to be like Jesus in all things. Yeah, I mean, I'd... I've, I've not really made it. Yes, be uh, more ambiguous, Alex, like Jesus. Okay. <laughs> um, and that was the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast. <laughs> Don't yeah. ever listen to this again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Uh, this is tough. It's Thursday as we record this. I'm working on the sermon. It is a difficult one. Um, I thought I'd been ever so clever in giving Ben last week's passage, but I'm kind of thinking this one's even worse. <laughs> That's what you get. Anything strike you? <laughs> yeah, it's almost as if there is intentional uh, ambiguity in Jesus saying. Oh, I'm like, so relieved. He, <laughs> yeah, don't be, don't be alarmed. It's not just you. I'm, I find this ambiguous as well, and, and clearly the disciples do too. Like, there's a reason that John put their reaction in here of like, this is confusing. Like. Great. Thank you, John. I appreciate that clarification that this was confusing. Yeah. Because um, I was confused. Yeah. 
I, yeah. I just love that they're baffled. I mean, through, in, in all the Gospels, but particularly in John, everyone Jesus is talking to is always baffled. Yeah. Mm. And, and, you know, of course, we have the hindsight of like, yeah, the resurrection's coming, so now everything makes sense. Yeah. But if we're honest with ourselves, we are often, as you gentlemen are saying, baffled by mm -hmm. things that we come across. So I, I take some comfort in, in that this passage and a lot of other passages that relay the disciples' reaction and the crowd's reaction kind of give us permission to feel flummoxed by things mm, Jesus yeah. is saying. Mm. You can be a disciple, a faithful disciple of Jesus and not know, have an idea of what's going on around you. <laughs> like that's okay to be confused. So they're, they're clearly confused by his uh, time scheme. Mm -hmm. What is a little while? They're confused by where it is he's going. Um, they then bring in an extra bit of confusion uh, to make the confusion more confusing. And um, that looks like it's in verse 17. Because they also say, and because I'm going to the Father. So they're still confused about old conversations, which they're bringing up as well. Yeah, and he'd said that previously. Like, in, I'm seeing that in verse 10. Yeah, I think he said he it said a few times. I go to the Father. Yeah. You will yeah. see me no longer. That's right. Uh, and then well, Jesus, Jesus gets what they're confused about. No problem. He's yeah. not confused. He's not confused that they're confused. Yeah. Um, and, and he also, he also, isn't it kind of funny that they've been with him so long and they still don't want to admit that they're confused and he has to like pull them out and draw uh, them out yeah. and give them permission mm -hmm. uh, to speak. That was, that was something that, that I was intrigued by and also comforted by. Yeah, you wonder, is it because they're ashamed in front of each other and they all think everyone else gets it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, so let's parse this out. Like we think he's saying, you will see me no longer and then you will see me. Yeah. So we think he's probably talking about his death and resurrection. Alex, you had a theory that maybe he's talking about more than that? Well, yes. We were talking earlier. Yes. I mean, the way you snarled theory from the corner of your mouth worries me um but, but yeah, yeah i'm not close to your theory oh that's what british people say when they disagree strongly <laughs> i just need to make sure are we talking american here or i only speak american. <laughs> so yeah okay uh well a principle, first of all, that we get in Scripture is this concept of telescoping, whereby something prophetic can be about more than one event at once. It can be about an immediate thing, it can be about an intermediate thing, and even an ultimate thing. So Book of Daniel, for example, we see this a lot. You've got to read Daniel if you're going to understand the Gospels. And um, it's possible that Jesus is talking about his death and resurrection, but perhaps also talking about his ascension and then return. Mm. Um, my backup for this theory is um, partly uh, the because I'm going to the Father saying, because mm -hmm. he doesn't go to the Father between the death and the resurrection. He goes to the Father at the ascension. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also um, that this whole thing which he gets onto then, he illustrates the idea of being really sad about a thing and then really joyful about it later. Mm -hmm. From childbirth, and we see that in verse 21. And, and childbirth is definitely a motif that's associated with the messianic promises. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go even deeper and say her hour has come, verse 21. And just this concept of the hour, um, mm. 
is itself a great example of telescoping. The, the hour can be about the cross, but the hour can also be about his return. Yeah. John, here's my slightly rebuttal. I'm not disagreeing with you. Nope. John does tend to use the word, the hour, to refer to Jesus' death. Yes. Uh, Jesus says that in many places in the Gospel of yep. John, referring to the hour, you know, woman, my hour has not yet come, mm -hmm. he says to his mother in yep. uh, chapter 2, and uh, the hour is coming when everyone will mm -hmm. worship in spirit and truth. You know, it's often referring to death, his death, yeah. and resurrection. So, I and yeah, the woman giving birth is messianic imagery in Revelation, uh, and um, is there an Old Testament prophet that talks about giving birth and becoming the Messiah? Yeah, I think yeah. Isaiah does, but I think from what I'm reading, that there's um, a sort of extra biblical Jewish idiom and understanding that birth giving is a messianic image. Mm. So not necessarily a biblical one, but one that's known in culture. And this is like, when you start going into this culture stuff, you, you're fighting with one hand tied behind mm. your back. Sure. Um, yeah. So to be clear, all the scholars are saying that Jesus is definitely talking about his death and resurrection. Yes. When he says, you will no longer see me, and then you will see me. And some obscure village priest in Fox Chapel <laughs> is adding to that the possibility. But let me yes. support you, Alex, because yes. I mean, it ends with those last two verses, um, that crazy promise that whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's like, up till now, you haven't asked anything in my name asking you you know so that seems to be like beyond the resurrection yes. itself into you know you know the the coming of the kingdom or the the now and not yet of the kingdom after his resurrection mm -hmm. so so i can I, I can see both sides yeah um the reason why it's helpful if it's true <laughs> um it is because it gives us a little bit of context and hope for our own present suffering. Mm. Um, particularly because the time that we've been waiting between the ascension and Christ's return doesn't feel like a little while. Right. Um, so you could either view that as shooting down the theory, uh, or you could say, well, that's nice. That gives us some confidence because Jesus said he would do this thing and he did this thing and he kept saying he would do these things and he did these things. Yeah. He promised and foretold in scripture, uh, you know, the incarnation, the cross, death, resurrection, ascension, descending of the Holy Spirit. And then he's further promised return. He's got this right over and over and over and over again. Are we going to give up now on him because we think he's used up all his chances? <laughs> or are we going to say, come on, look at the track record? and place our present suffering in this coronavirus into some context. Well, a little while, you know, that phrase is doing a lot of work in this passage, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. You know, even if you take the most basic understanding that he's talking about um, his crucifixion and resurrection, it's still doing a lot of work. It's like, it's, it reminds me of, you know, and, and no one, you know, past like 40 will get this reference. It reminds me of the yada, yada, yada episode in Seinfeld. <laughs> I get that reference. <laughs> I'm foreign and I get it. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, he, in a little while, you know, yeah, what yeah. does that mean? In another while, what does that mean? Well, the first in a little while is like, 
I'm going to be like betrayed by my friends and turned over to a brutal empire and experience a brutal mm. death. That's like the first little while. Mm. And, you know, and then the second little while is I'm going to, with the power of God, rise up from the grave, you know, as the resurrected savior. Like a little while is doing a lot of work yeah. in this passage. Mm. And what I like about that, when you put it into the context of suffering, like Jesus is the only one who really knows what's coming. Yeah. And he's saying, in a little while, <laughs> crucifixion. In a little while, resurrection. So there are these monumental yeah. things. Yeah. And it's like, it's he's expressing in a way that it's not that big of a deal, which is fascinating. To well, me. I, I like the I like the yada 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 uh, comparison because like how much is packed into the yada 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 that right. influences everything that comes after it. Yeah, uh, and it just leaves it wide open to interpretation and and to like. There's so much in that. We did this hiking trip when I was I don't know nine or ten with school and and Dartmoor. Those listening in the UK will know. The kind of place where they train the paras, wet, damp, difficult hills. And uh, it was arduous and we had bad clothes and all the rest of it. And uh, PC Marshall, the local constable, was running this route march. And we, every time we asked him how far it was to the end, he would say, oh, a good mile. <laughs> and uh, how long will it be till we're done? He said, oh, a good hour. And it turned out to be just a... a, a a meaningless phrase, yeah. a, a measure of time or distance. Um, the Greek word for little while is micron, interestingly. Nice. Just a little tiny, you know, barely measurable time scale. Um, suffering makes microns feel long, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. You know, hence our question, how much longer PC Marshall? <laughs> I wonder um, if part of the hope here whether the passage is about the return of Jesus or not, clearly it gives you hope for the return of Jesus. Yeah, and that our joy is in his presence. Mm -hmm. And uh, that this motif of sorrow to joy that also accompanies his, not be, his absence and his presence. Mm. So with his absence is sorrow. And that's, this is what makes me push back on yeah, your yep, theory a little he's bit. With because he's with us now. He's with us now, and the Holy Spirit, which yeah. he just promised in the passage before that. Yes. Uh, like, we don't live in a time of sorrow. We yeah. do live in joy because we have the presence of Jesus with us. But he's setting up this dynamic of yeah. his absence is our sorrow, and his return will be our joy. And with a woman in yeah. childbirth experiences pain and labor, that's sorrow, but then what comes out of that is joy. And so, mm. and it, it's one of those two that's, the greater the sorrow, then the greater the joy that comes out at the end because you've, you've come through. But is our joy now itself only a pre-echo of the joy that we really have yeah. in the new creation? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the fullness of joy that's promised at the end of this passage, uh, verse 24. Yeah. Um, in a sense, that could, it could be that we, we have the entitlement to full joy now when we mm. preach this. Yeah, don't we? The, you know, heaven's hope for a broken world. We have heaven's hope right now. Yep. Even though we only see it as in a mirror dimly, and yeah. uh, we don't see the full picture yet. We don't have the full experience of joy 
yet because so Jesus has not come back. So if we yet. don't have the full joy, is it fair to say <laughs> that the talking of fullness of joy is about now? Oh, and man. <laughs> well, there you're telescoping again because like we have, we have access to everything that Jesus oh. wants to give to us. And, um, and the full inheritance of the Father is ours, but we don't claim it yet because he's not quite back yet so it it's a yes a yes and it's a both and well it's back to the exile idea you know when we talked about the book of daniel you know Mm. you start off and you talk about peter and peter is like you're the exiles Mm. you know well you know what is the experience of exile is it like all sorrow well, n- not if you, you put it in that context of Jeremiah's letter to the exiles, where he's saying, you know, plant your fields, build your homes, mm-hmm. seek the good of the land to which uh, you've yeah. been exiled. So, so, so we are, you know, experiencing Christ's presence with us and, and actively, you know, taking the joy in, in being in communion with God and each other in the body of Christ as we anticipate, you know, that, that final joy. And I, I think that the end of this passage that we're looking at is, is like clearly saying, you're going to be in a new phase of your relationship with God because now you're going to ask things in my name right. for the first time. Direct access to the Father yeah. you know, and asking for in the name of Jesus. Yeah. That, that's a game changer. And, yeah. th- and that never that never diminishes the difficulty of being in exile. It never diminishes the difficulty of suffering. Um, but yeah. it's it's that that psalm that I like so much, sixty six, where they they list all the things. Psalm sixty six, where they list all the things that they've gone to, and they attribute it all to God. Mm. God is perfectly happy to take the credit for it because in the fullness of time it has all worked out and they're they're brought into a broad place yeah you know that's the mystery of suffering you know it's like mm-hmm. you know in, in job god shows up you know and never answers the question just like jesus doesn't really answer the question yeah. here but god's mm-hmm. presence is enough for job to be like oh yeah you're right yeah so i'm looking now um for a, a sort of covidic application uh, first Covidicus. First Com- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we shouldn't really add books to scripture. We'll suffer the plagues Not named in them. Maybe that's what's happened. That's, it didn't come from a lab in China. News just in. Someone wrote a new book of the Bible. That's where the virus came from. Um, it's a poor joke. No one's laughing. <laughs> we're laughing. We're laughing. Inside. We're laughing inside. We're, la- we're, we're laughing telescopically. <laughs> we're preempting what a day when we will laugh. That's right. Uh, to go back to what vaguely felt like a sensible pastoral point a minute ago, uh, what's, the, what's the application, I think, of this for our, our suffering right now? Yeah. Well, I think if we are in this phase where before we will ask nothing of Jesus and that day you will ask nothing of me he says maybe we'll say that's that's when he comes back uh, to go with your theory uh, <laughs> so so he says your hearts will rejoice no one will take that joy from you in that day you will ask nothing of me 
right. because everything is met. And truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask for my Father in this name, he'll give to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name, like now, presently. And then he gives a strong encouragement. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy will be full. So I, I wonder if Ooh. I feel in that sentence. In that day. In, that, in that day. His return. There will be nothing to ask of Jesus. Hmm. Because everything will be completed, everything will be mm-hmm. made new and perfected, and we will have Him who is all that we need. Right. But now, He says, Ask. Ask in my name, and the Father will give it to you. And what, what encouragement we have from Jesus. It's a blank check that He gives to us. Ask anything mm-hmm. in my name, and I will, and I will give it to you. He says that also in like chapter 14, I think. Mm. But the it's a command almost, too. Like, right. it's, a, it's a sign of a lack of faithfulness if you don't ask. It's a lack of trust if you don't ask. Because you're not believing that right. God is able to do this. And our present suffering has to sit within a broader context of, yeah. of what comes next, mm-hmm. of hope. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a light and momentary affliction. Feels heavy and long. Yeah. because of our perspective but the truth the objective truth is that actually it's temporary uh, and we already know the ending yeah um, and to ask in Jesus name yes is to ask with his authority mm-hmm. and character. in his way in yeah. his character yeah, yeah. so I can't ask in Jesus' name uh, to like meet to accomplish my fleshly desires, like the mm-hmm. sinful yeah. desires. Like Jesus, yes, it's not like a genie in a box. Jesus, help me evade my taxes and like help me uh, to get away with this murder. Or help me to slander my my brother or sister. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not asking in Jesus' name, even if I say in Jesus' name. Yeah, but like to ask in His name is to ask with His intention and character and his authority before the father mm-hmm. um is he st- is he's there interceding for us at the right hand of the father we ask in his name and it's as if jesus is praying for us mm-hmm. and with us yeah and, and i think we we always when we get to these passages you know you know top 10 abused passages of all time maybe <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that that uh if we're asking in Jesus' name and we're doing it with, you know, as, as best we can in, in alignment with what we understand to be God's will, and it doesn't seem to be happening, it's not a lack of faith on yes. our part. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, it's, it's not that we're failing or somehow, yeah. you know, it's just we don't understand, you know, what God is doing right now, um, you know, and, and people are suffering. Like, people are going through hard times right now. Mm-hmm. People are dying. People who are praying to Jesus in deep faith are suffering and dying right now. And that's the reality because this is, this is the world we live in. Um, yes. And, and this know, is not our home. This is not the end. It's not where we belong. Yeah, it's it's part of that's part of the experience of of being in exile. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, but 
but yet we have this this promise to pursue and and if we pursue it I think we we do see I mean I know that there are certain things that I've been praying for in in these last few weeks related to you know our family's experience of of this and I've been been uh, shocked at how quickly mm. there has been an answer and there've been times when the spirit has just said you're not suffering the way other people are suffering so what are you going to do about it how are mm. you going to open your heart how are you going mm. to open your wallet how are you going to be you know a positive um a source of of strength to other people since you have your job and your wife has a job and your kids are well and you're well and, and that kind of thing so so part of the, the the prayer for those of us who aren't being hit by the things that so many people are being hit with is, Lord, how can I help? How can I be of mm -hmm. service in that time? That's that's I think I think for myself that's one of the things that uh, I feel like the Spirit has been moving me to ask about and act on. I think it's really good as we go through this series in the next couple of weeks. We start to see the disciples moving from getting their heads around this and consumption mode into teaching this and spreading this mode and living it out mode. And uh, there's an aspect of heaven's hope for this broken world as we become a prophetic voice mm. um, that is actually able to help the people around us. Even as we're confused mm -hmm. and confounded by Jesus saying yes. sometimes. Yeah. That's exactly He still it. works through us for the sake of the world. Well, uh, this has been another 26-minute long, 14-minute podcast. Um, <laughs> Churchill once said, I'm sorry I wrote you such a long letter, but I did not have time to write you a short one. And um, we've dined out on that phrase for many a year in this church. <laughs> Thank you, listener, whoever is left listening <laughs> in the darkness. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a podcast of Christchurch Fox Chapel. We'll see you next week. God bless.